Today on The Topping Show, Tucker and Elon officially team up, unionized Apple Store wants tips, Tesla breaks down on a Texas refinery, Lucid Q1 results are released, Warren Buffett compares AI to the atomic bomb, the government wants to control your dishwasher, advertisers return to Fox, Burger King closed up to 400 stores, and Western Digital lets its customers know that they were hacked. All that and much, much more on The Topping Show. Thank you everyone for tuning in today. Today's episode of the Topping Show is sponsored by Topping Technologies. Topping Technologies is an IT value added reseller and services company with a special proficiency in IT security. Heck, I see their founder at least twice a day. Gotta say he's quite handsome and brilliant. He's me. That, that's a joke. If you're an IT leader or business owner, use a little assistance. You can reach the team at sales at toppingtechnologies.com. Now, going on to the business part of the podcast, you have Tesla breaking ground on a Texas-based lithium refinery. This is as of May 8th. Elon did a ceremonial groundbreaking with Texas Governor Greg Abbott. It's going to be a $375 million refinery, specifically in Corpus Christi, Texas. During the interview, Elon said, quote, As we look ahead a few years, a fundamental choke point in the advancement of electric vehicles is the availability of battery-grade lithium, unquote. Certainly, that's especially true. That's where the bottleneck is currently with the resources. You look at what Tesla is made out of, mostly aluminum most recyclable metal that I could possibly think of from cans to pretty much every application you could possibly think of. We recycle it infinitely, there's a lot of it. Relatively cheap as well. Now, during the interview, Greg Abbott, the governor said, quote, Texas wants to be able to be self-reliant, not dependent upon any foreign hostile nation for what we need. We need lithium, unquote. Now, this is especially true and is a good move in terms of having more of an independence from the supply chain constraints, especially as thanks to COVID, every business is thinking of when and if there is another government imposed shutdown, how do we operate our business? How do we make products when most of the steps of the assembly are in other countries? Now, it'll be interesting to see how much this helps in terms of, you still need the raw material. So the raw material right now, as far as I know, is coming from other countries around the globe who naturally, just in the ground, they have more lithium resources. Now, this moves the refinery to the U.S., which gives further control, and given the technology Tesla has, they will be able to refine it in, a, I would guess, a more efficient way, as well as in a greener way, if you compare it to the other countries where, just look up how they make lithium, or rather how they mine lithium and refine it in other countries, is basically seas of acids that go into the process, and as the folks on the left would say, it's problematic, a very fancy term. So it'll be interesting to see as you move more process to the United States, as well as Texas specifically, how much will it make the process more efficient and eventually greener in terms of impact on the environment. And of course, they're doing it in Texas because they're the best state in the union in terms of business, quality of life, living. It's hard to beat the great country. I mean, state of Texas. One of my favorite cliche sayings of when people talk about the origins of states, there's a, it's probably on a t-shirt somewhere, but it said, compared to other states, before your state became a state, it was land. Before Texas became a state, it was a country. Fun business or rather historical fact. So it's no surprise that Elon continues to expand the business in Texas as he recently moved his headquarters to Austin, Texas. He had another business leaving California. A little misinformation or confusion in the headlines. A few months ago, they said they were, they were opening up a headquarters in California. That's specifically for the engineering department. So it's not a fiscal or actual 
legal headquarters. That's still in Austin for a myriad of reasons. Now, going on to other interesting automotive news, you have Lucid Q1 results being released. They are a ultra-luxury electric car company with their cars costing more than a house. Well, maybe a house in Detroit or somewhere, but nevertheless, quite a premium brand. And it's been a while since I actually covered them. So in terms of the breakdown of their vehicles, the entry level, and again, this is entry level, cheapest one, it's called the Air Pure. Now, I don't know if it comes with an air compressor, that'd be more interesting or funny if it did, but nevertheless, it's called the Air Pure. Those start at $87,400 before taxes and all that kind of fun stuff. You also have the Air Touring, which is $107,400. You then have the Air Grand, or Air Grand Touring rather, that's $138,000. And the top of the line for an electric car is the Air Sapphire. Real Sapphire is not included, unfortunately, false advertising. But nevertheless, the Air Sapphire is $249,000. And keep in mind, most states have sales taxes, which range, I believe, anywhere from 6 to 10%, depending on where you live. That's kind of a good ballpark. So $250,000, add another twenty-five dollars just for sales taxes and registering the bloody thing and all that kind of stuff. And again, it's, a it's not going to last a million miles because it's an electric car. It's disposable with the current technology we have today. Now, they've been a, they have some issues over there. They've been running, losing money and bleeding quite a bit. Now, the production and delivery both dropped Q1, and they had a $779.9 million loss. So the revenue was $149.4 million, which is 159% increase from Q1 last year. But it's still a decrease from Q4 last year. Granted, Q4 and automotive sales and many sales are a little skewed since they push extra hard to make Wall Street happy. And they'll also, well, I guess, in this is direct sales, so they don't sell to the dealerships to artificially increase those numbers. But nevertheless, their Q4 2022 was $257 million. Now, they claim that they're ending Q1 with $3.4 billion in cash. They're going to need it to ride out these rough times. They do plan to open a second facility in Arizona for production, so that's going to be increased costs as you try to expand the productivity and expand the capabilities so they can hit these production numbers. And it's very important to, that they claim that they have 28,000 unfulfilled EV reservations, equating to $2.7 billion in sales. Do a little math, that averages out to $96,428.57 per unit. And the CEO noted that they are on track to produce 10,000 vehicles in 2023 so they have cash and they have these promised orders or these reservations for orders so in theory they should be able to maybe sweep by but again you also have all the uncertainty with this hyperinflation being at a 40-year high economic uncertainty rough time right now for businesses and consumers alike as they wonder what is their employer going to go away overnight what's they have to tighten their belts i don't see a lot of people going out and spending hundred to two hundred fifty thousand dollars on a car which again it's not going to last you darn near half as long as like, like a toyota corolla that'll hit a hundred shoot those things will hit a million miles actually there's an interesting article by car and driver they said the 10 most 10 cars that consistently hit a million miles or that are most likely to hit a million miles and guess what they're all internal combustion engines less complications more durability Nevertheless, granted, people spend two hundred thousand dollar car probably don't care about how often you replace it. Nevertheless, it's, it'll be interesting to see how they venture as they go head to head against Tesla, them being the industry leader for now. Now, other sad businesses you have Burger King saying, or maybe this isn't sad. It's probably better for people's health. Nevertheless, 
Burger King said they're going to close up to 400 stores in 2023. Fun little fact, it was founded back in 1953 as Instaburger over in Florida, but they ran financial issues. So two Miami-based franchisees, David Egderton and James McElmore, no relation to McElmore, they purchased it in 1959, renamed it Burger King. So it's been around for quite some time. They've also had financial issues, not since day one, but years, years one and eight, nevertheless. So they purchased the company back then. And since then, it's changed ownership four times. So it's been bought and sold a couple of times. The current owner of the company, the parent, is called Restaurant Brands International, which, eh, interesting enough name. Now, the CEO, Joshua Koboza, he noted that during the Q1 earnings call that they, quote, unquote, historically close, quote, a couple hundred, unquote, Burger King stores a year. So it's not good if, if that's a consistent trend for your company is to consistently turn down and close stores. Not a great outlook for the company. Now, just to show the sheer dominance of the competition versus the microwaved, incredibly great Burger King burgers, you have McDonald's. So this is the data that we have publicly available that I could find. In 2021, Burger King had 19,247 stores globally. In 2021, McDonald's had 40,031 locations globally. So about double. So it is sad for the folks who prefer their hamburger comes in a microwave with half the toppings they didn't ask for and half of the things they did ask for not there at all. So it'll be It'll be sad times for the people who crave that type of customer experience. In full transparency, transparency, I haven't stepped in their stores since I was in middle school, maybe high school. And I don't think the quality's gone up. There's been no science to say it's increasing quality since then. Now, other fascinating news. One of the first unionized Apple store wants you to start tipping them because they're just not making enough money. Now, the first, game, the first unionized store is in Townsend, Maryland. And the union is proposing that you tip them between increments, 3% or 5% or a custom amount. And this is part of a series of proposals from the unit head for their contract negotiations. Which again, goes back to the thing I've been saying for years. How in the hell is this good for customers? Now, if you're an Apple employee, you're already making above, above minimum wage and you don't have to do much. In terms of, if you look at a traditional electronics boutique store, all those folks are on commission. So they have a lower base salary and they make more money every time they sell a unit sold. Apple stores historically pride themselves by not being commission based and actually underselling. That was a big differentiator back when they first started their business model is let's give them what the client needs. We're not want, we want to push the best speeds and fees of the highest success of product. Instead, we're going to just give them what they need which obviously increase customer satisfaction because you're not spending twice as much as you need for the applications you are looking to use. But again, I can't imagine buying an Apple device and having to pay 3%, 5% plus. I mean, the government already wants, at least in Texas, they want 8.25%. So that's 8.25% on top of the current price that you're paying for it. And of course, you have to, you want to pay for the, the extended warranties and their smart hands. I forget what they call their glorified warranty, but they'll fix it if you put a grain of rice on it. You close the screen, it cracks the screen because they're that delicate. But perhaps it should be put in the business blunder of the podcast, but I can't see consumers reacting positively to this because it is not increasing their customer experience. It's just this trend of everyone wanting to be tipped, even for doing the most rudimentary base job. 
and everyone just feels entitled, which perhaps is a theme for American culture, unfortunately, recently. But I'll be interested to see how is this good. If I were to guess, if I was a customer, I wouldn't shop at that store. I'd just buy it online or go to a different store just to avoid that awkward experience altogether. Imagine sitting there, you're spending thousands of dollars for a computer or a cell phone, and they're just, you know, they, they turn around the little payment tablet thing where you, you got to click, kick that button, they just kind of just look at you like, hmm? I'm already working at one of the best companies on the planet, but I want you to give me a 5%, 3% or a custom tip. I'll let, I can't imagine people paying a tip when you go to the Apple store. It's unfathomable. Unless, you're, unless you have so much lucrative income, you can do that. Like a celebrity, it boggles the mind that even the Apple store wants tips these days. But that's the trend we're going. Now, going on to the culture part of the podcast, you have Tucker Carlson and Elon Musk officially teaming up, which in terms of where you could have gone, I'm not too surprised since Twitter is one of the few places that still respect free speech. Granted, it's not perfect. There's still some folks that Elon Musk did not allow back on the platform based on he had some more emotional responses versus granular articulate ones that were specifically two terms and conditions. So it's not it's not a perfect place, but it is a more perfect place for an imperfect world. So of the options we have currently, it is the best. That's not saying much, but they have done a lot of good things for it. Again, if you want to follow me on Twitter, it's Nick Topping, N-I-C. T-A-O-P-P-I-N-G. Now, Tucker announced this on Twitter, and it already has, in terms of people who watched the whole video, 22.7 million views. And people who just viewed the video or seen it through their feed, and I think it was just a couple of seconds, that view is 107.9 million views, 793,000 likes. That is astronomical. That is infinitely better than anything Fox News has ever done. Their average tunership or the average people, the average amount of people who tune in to old, to the old time slot with Tucker was about 3 million people a night, which for cable TV was extraordinarily impressive and successful. And just working from his home on Twitter, he's getting a multiple of people following him. So I think it's gonna be a great experience. We'll break it down really quick. And it's just astronomical. Like within a day, the number of likes doubled. Hey, it's Tucker Carlson. You often hear people say the news is full of lies, but most of the time that's not exactly right. Much of what you see on television or read the New York Times is in fact true in the literal sense. It could pass one of the media's own fact checks. Lawyers would be willing to sign off on it. In fact, they may have. But that doesn't make it true. It's not true. At the most basic level, the news you consume is a lie, a lie of the stealthiest and most insidious kind. It is pretty interesting when someone makes the compilations of every major news network and they all say the same exact thing. It's also a reason why it's also boring as well. Every station is saying the same opinion, the same talk track. There's very, there are very few that actually diverge from those types of, and even fewer who bring up new ideas and controversial diverse opinions and debates. Facts have been withheld on purpose along with proportion and perspective you are being manipulated. How does that work? Let's see. If I tell you that a man has been unjustly arrested for armed robbery, that is not, strictly speaking, a lie. He may have been framed. At this point, there's been no trial, so no one can really say. 
But if I don't mention the fact that the same man has been arrested for the same crime six times before, am I really informing you? No, I'm not. That seems to be the biggest thing I notice with every controversial news article or news video that goes viral. No one knows the background or they just automatically assume the worst. Lots of persons on the left, they get the benefit of the doubt if you look at overall news coverage. I'm misleading you. And that's what the news media are doing in every story that matters, every day of the week, every week of the year. What's it like to work in a system like that? After more than 30 years in the middle of it, we could tell you stories. The best you can hope for in the news business at this point is the freedom to tell the fullest truth that you can. But there are always limits. And you know that if you bump up against those limits often enough, you will be fired for it. That's not a guess, it's guaranteed. Every person who works in English language media understands that. The rule of what you can't say defines everything. It's filthy, really, and it's utterly corrupting. You can't have a free society if people aren't allowed to say what they think is true. That's true. Newspeak is becoming more and more common, and very few people actually stand up for the ability to have someone have free speech these days, unfortunately, even in the U.S. It used to be an age-old philosophy. I may not agree with what you have to say, but I'll fight to the death for your right to say it. All Americans used to believe in that, kind of like hard work, but a lot of people, unfortunately, those, those values are dwindling in this culture. Speech is the fundamental prerequisite for democracy. That's why it's enshrined in the first of our constitutional amendments. Amazingly, as of tonight, there aren't many platforms left that allow free speech. The last big one remaining in the world, the only one, is Twitter, where we are now. Twitter has long served as the place where our national conversation incubates and develops. Twitter is not a partisan site. Everybody's allowed here, and we think that's a good thing. And yet, for the most part, the news that you see analyzed on Twitter comes from media organizations that are themselves thinly disguised propaganda outlets. You see it on cable news, you talk about it on Twitter. The result may feel like a debate, but actually the gatekeepers are still in charge. We think that's a bad system. We know exactly how it works and we're sick of it. I'm gonna say it right now, Tucker Carlson did not kill himself. Starting soon, we'll be bringing a new version of the show we've been doing for the last six and a half years to Twitter. We bring some other things too, which we'll tell you about. But for now, we're just grateful to be here. Free speech is the main right that you have. Without it, you have no others. See you soon. One of the most viral videos of the week, and it's only becoming more and more popular. So it is interesting to see this newest development. This also means that Elon's potentially paying quite a few million dollars to buy Tucker out of the contract or Tucker is walking away from that contract. Now, he has a $20 million contract with Fox News, and the way I interpret it, the way I'm reading it right now, if he breaks the non-compete, as in what he's doing right now, Fox News does not have to pay him a penny. I believe that's the current situation, which hopefully Elon is giving him a salary that is greater than or equal to that, though still quite a thing to walk away from that kind of money. Now, other interesting cultural news, you have Warren Buffett, the best investor in all history. Well, except for Nancy Pelosi's husband. He somehow always beg he makes better stock choices than Warren Buffett. Interesting. Now, Warren Buffett is comparing AI to the atomic bomb. Now, Warren Buffett is 93 years old, or 92 years old, rather, and still sharp as a tack, which 
is interesting how some people unfortunately suffer from dementia. They can't even read from a teleprompter. They don't even know where they're walking. They constantly refer to people who are actually already passed away. And then you have, I mean, people in their 80s suffer from that. And it's quite sad to see others manipulate them for their personal gain. And then you have Warren Buffett who's 92 and still sharp as a tech, the smartest investor alive. Now, he is especially concerned about AI because he is, quote, he's correct. He says, quote, we can't, we won't be able to uninvent it, unquote. Which, yes, that's the, the biggest Pandora's box dilemma of the past hundred years, perhaps. Now, also when he was asked, he said, quote, when something can do all things, all, sorry, when something can do all kinds of things, I get a little bit worried because I know we won't be able to uninvent it. We did invent it for a very, very good reason, the atomic bomb in World War II, and it was enormously important that we did so. But it was, but is it good for the next 200 years of the world that the ability has been unleashed, unquote. Now, in some ways, it will have a greater impact on the globe than the atomic bomb since publicly acknowledged the atomic bomb has not been used as far as we know, since World War II. It's very much a mad in terms of a philosophy of mutually assured destruction, which was the whole arms race between the United States and Soviet Union. The idea being, we both have nukes, so if you nuke us first, we'll nuke you twice as much. Both of you would destroy each other. So that was a cold war in terms of not actual live rounds were fired, but both sides knew that if one side pulled the trigger, the world would be over. Hence, mutually assured destruction, which resulted in a ceasefire, cold war, a pseudo peace, so to say. Now, AI, and in that regard, atomic bomb is limited to basically antiques in the war rooms, basically as a deterrence for other countries to use it. It's not used on a daily basis, or even like century basis, or sorry, decades basis. Now, AI will be used every second of every minute of every hour of every day of every week of every month of every year. And it's only going to become used more and more and more. A lot of people are concerned it's going to make people, if possible, even more uneducated and stupider, or more ill-informed. Now, there's been a lot of debate around that because similar arguments were made around most advancements in technology. You have the calculator, which once that debuted, teachers said, going from the traditional slide rule, which was a fun, fascinating piece of technology at the time, a lot of people said once the calculator came out, it was going to make people dumber. In a way, it kind of did because many people don't know basic mathematics. They can't basic multiplication. I mean, but you also, those teachers also said you'll never have a, a calculator in your pocket. So we are very much dependent on technology since you do have one. It's called a smartphone. And smartphones are already augmenting human interaction more than we could possibly have comprehended when they first debuted. But AI is something that will affect pretty much every job sector, every part of society will that how many jobs will that displace versus how many will it create the age-old discussion ever since the industrial revolution culturally speaking will it be better for society where people have to do much less and they have time to sit around and do nothing well more time to do is sit around and do nothing a lot of people do that already and it's kind of like the argument for you know universal basic income if you just pay people to do what they are passionate about you know, they'll, they'll invent the most magical things in sliced bread in the iPhone. And I think we have a solid use case for that being bullocks. You have COVID-19. When that first shut down, the government paid people not to work. 
there wasn't a lot of innovation coming from people. A lot of people just sat at home, watched the TV or the Netflix. It didn't really necessarily lead to any innovations or anything groundbreaking. I would argue most of the innovations in history come from hard times or pressured situations, including the atomic bomb. That was a direct result of Einstein, one of the most brilliant minds in history, moving to the United States, helping us with the program, and developing a technology to stop more collateral damage and stop more bloodshed and put an end to one of the most destructive wars in history. Many technologies are based on necessity, pressured. So there's a lot of debate of how much that'll be good, but I think he has a good point in terms of it's going to displace a lot of workers, but it's also culturally what will it do for humanity. And this is a question that's being asked more and more, and it's not going to be stopped. That's the most concerning part, because even if the United States, their federal government, even if they pass a law banning it completely, that's not going to stop China. That's not going to stop India. That's not going to stop the other countries. Nowadays, we live in a very tech environment in terms of the leading thing that drives most countries and most continents even is technological development. That's the leading bleeding edge of humanity right now. So it'll be interesting to see as this Pandora's box becomes more and more opened and develops more and more and more, what's the long-term effect going to be? Now, other interesting political news specifically, the government wants to control your dishwasher. And it's actually not too much of a clickbait. They want more rules and regulation to increase costs during the time when people can barely afford rent. Great. Now, specifically, the White House inserted on Cinco de Mayo, really nice and ethical, to slide it in when no one's paying attention. So they want to control kitchen appliances via the Department of Energy. Now, the new rules would coerce, I mean, force, I mean, dictate manufacturers to be more efficient. So they want appliances to use 27% less power and 35% less water. Which, again, more manipulation of the pseudo-free market. But in and of itself, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. I wish more people knew how to read or they knew that actual saying. But when a time when people are struggling to pay for basic necessities and you have 40-year hyperinflation thanks to the government, this is going to increase those costs. You're increasing the efficiency. That's going to cost money. It's just the basic math. So you're going to increase the cost of appliances for folks who can barely make it right now. Is, is now the good time to do that? Or just let the free market decide and the companies that want to gamble in terms of increasing research and development, increasing the cost of manufacturer, they do that, see what the adoption rate is naturally. And then with the cost of goods sold in terms of you can amortize that cost over the number of units created, eventually it'll trickle down into the normal units. One of the best arguments for F1 Formula 1 racing is all the technological advancements that trickle down to actual car manufacturers that everyday people use. A lot of the safety features came from F1. It's an engineering marvel in and of itself. That being said, when they developed the technology for F1, it cost more money than you could possibly fathom. You're talking a house just for a little extra wing or extra safety equipment. But again, over time, technology decreases in cost and regular people have a lot of benefits, especially safety-wise, thanks to F1. So it'll be interesting to see, I mean, do you really want more and more regulation at this time? Now, these is, is, is astonishing. So these new rules will force manufacturers to limit dishwashers to using a mere 3.2 gallons of water per cycle. And right now there's a federal limit because of course there's already a limit around it. The federal government says you can only use five gallons of water. Which again, 
there's a whole parody on Seinfeld, one of the best comedies in history, where they got the illegal shower heads because your showers can't use too much water. Even though you pay for the water, you have to have a certain faucet or certain displacement or you can only use a certain amount of water. So there's a whole funny thing where they had a black market where they actually went behind in a van and they go, yeah, that's the, that's the dishwasher, the, um, the shower head I want. But there's so much government regulation, even the shower heads in your home are a regulated item, which I found, I find astonishingly ridiculous, personally. But that's the rules of the game for now. Now, other interesting political news, you have advertisers coming back to Fox News. Fox News being a very popular political news network, the pseudo-conservative, many people doubt what their true intentions are. What Rupert, what Rupert Murdoch, the owner chairman, is really thinking. Now, now that Tucker Carlson is gone from their 8 p.m. slot, there are a bunch of advertisers coming back to them. Although, I don't know how effective those advertisements are when people who watch Tucker Carlson are usually in bed by 9 p.m. Nevertheless, maybe they'll make some sales off it. Now, a lot of these advertisers are be, being described as quote-unquote blue-chick advertisers or traditional you know, legacy companies who have been around since longer than I've been alive. And they've, so it's leaked that they've had over 40 advertisers come and try to bid for that specific time slot with Fox News. And according to Fox News, quote, we have had over 40 advertisers come to our hours since we launched the new program, including some of the largest in the country and really across all major categories, unquote, according to Jeff Collins, who's the executive VP of ad sales at Fox News Media. Which also begs the question, did they get rid of Tucker for political reasons, costs because of his salary was too expensive, or, oh, that can't be it because they're still paying it until he breaks not compete. But nevertheless, did they do it just so they can get more ad dollars? Or was it politically vengeance? There's a lot of speculation around that. Times will tell if we ever know the true real reasoning. Now, going on to the business blunder of the day. You have Western Digital, one of the most popular hard drive manufacturers on the planet. You might know them from an external hard drive you do use on your computer for external backups. They also have a cloud offering, and they also make actual hard drives that go into the computer as well. That kind of being their basic portfolio. Now, they were hacked, and the company said on March 26th that it detected a, quote, a network security incident where hackers gained a access to a number of the customer's systems, unquote. Now, the system data included Western Digital's online store, which is quite concerning if you're actually going online to their specific store to pay for their products, and included customer names, billing information, shipping information, email addresses, telephone numbers, even passwords and partial credit card numbers. Now, on April 28th, the hackers said that they would, quote, share leaks every week until we lose interest, unquote, including code signing certificates, firmware, personal information of customers, and much more. Which This is especially embarrassing considering they're a tech company. Yes, they are a manufacturer of gear for the tech industry, but they're in the ecosystem and every tech company, especially, every company in general needs to be worried about cybersecurity. It's one of the biggest threats out there. It can make or break a business overnight, especially if you're in the tech community. Many people say you should overinvest in terms of how much you, percentage of share you, of your IT budget goes into cybersecurity especially when this is their e-commerce platform, they make money off that platform. People go on their website, they purchase the products. So I, I don't know why it wasn't protected more. Unfortunately, it's just a rough situation, but that certainly has to be the business blunder of the day. Now, I can't thank you enough for taking the time to like, subscribe, and comment. All those help out the channel. Also, don't forget to tell your family, tell your friends, tell your coworkers, heck, tell your enemies, tell anyone and everyone 
stay safe and fight the good fight.